It's a little exciting when the children are fighting, but they've got to abide by the playground rules. Clemson, Routes, Alabama. For Who cares? No, I don't care, but I like it when Alabama loses. I'm not sure why. Check. There's just something about. Uh... Is it because that Steely Dan song? <laughs> I like that song. Is quite weird, right? Uh, like, I mean, yeah, it is kind of weird. Why? Why does? He, why? Why is he telling us about the, the fact that Alabama's called the Crimson Tide? I think it's one of those things where they just heard that term and it just, for some reason, just caught their attention, and they just like wrote a song without really having anything to say about it. They were just like, "Oh, yeah, I'm not sure they had anything to say about anything in that song, but I do like that song a lot." Oh, it's a great song. Great yeah. song. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Anyway, do you just want to get into it? I feel like we're already into it. Oh. Well, we didn't introduce ourselves. Well, it's, it'll be like a cold open. No. We should yeah, you can open it now. We cold opened. Cold opened. Well, yeah. hello, people. Welcome back to the Playground Rules after an extended holiday break. Uh, when was we, our last episode? It was like right before... The, like two weeks ago, maybe. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, so we're we're not we we didn't make you wait that long, everybody. We were going to record last night, but uh, Ark insisted that he'd be able to watch the Golden Globes. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is absolutely true. No, I hate awards shows so much. I know, I know. Uh, I that do. is, by the way, you're hearing the voice of Ark. Hey, a man who hates the player and the game. I hate the player and the game, yeah. but not the game of basketball. No. I, of course, am Herb. Yeah. You are the player and the game. Yeah. I embody both. <laughs> qualities of both. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I obviously don't care about the Golden Globes. Uh, no. I don't know why anyone cares. I know. It's just a, a complete nonsense. And nonetheless, uh, there is one person who won that I was really happy to see uh, get an award. Oh, yeah? Uh, Olivia Coleman won uh, Best Actress... Uh, I forget. I don't even know if the movie is supposed to be a comedy or a drama, so I don't know which one it was. But she won Best Actress for a film called The Favorite. I don't know who that is, but I just looked at a photo of her, and I still don't know who that is. <laughs> so she's uh, she kind of cut her teeth. Uh, her her breakthrough role was on a, a, a British sitcom called Peep Show. Oh, this is why you know this woman because you love you love uh, you love British uh, yeah. TV shows, and she was in that that show Black Books. I see that I think. She yeah. was in like an episode, though. She wasn't like a regular. In that. I did not like that show. I, now, granted, I only watched a little bit. I should probably try it again, but I did not like that show. I think it's one of those things that you have to kind of be up. Black Books is, you know, it's got a laugh track. It's it's a much more traditional sitcom. So um, if you're not in the mood for something like that. Uh, it's just the humor is one guy's a jerk, right? Uh, I, I, That's simplistic, I, I know. but Yeah. I mean. Yes, he 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 is a very abrasive uh, character, um, but uh, the the other thing you might know Olivia Coleman from oh, is uh, Hot Fuzz, which I also have not seen. Yeah, I saw oh. that on the list. Oh man, that movie's great. I feel like yeah, you would not, love Hot Fuzz. I I'm not a huge uh, Edgar Wright fan, but I don't know if that's valid because I'm this not. This is thinking... like when you were dumping on Darren Aronofsky. Like Hot Fuzz is his best movie. So, well, you know, and again, it's actually very similar to that because I've only ever seen uh, one movie that he made. Shaun of the Dead? No, I've only seen Scott Pilgrim. Oh, my 
gosh. Arc. Yeah. So I, I, arc, I, I'm arc, owning the arc, fact that I arc. don't really have the right to make a comment on it. Yeah. I've seen parts of, uh, of Shaun of the Dead and parts of um, uh, The, the World's, World's End. Yeah. yeah. I've never seen the whole thing of either one. I, uh, I should probably watch, at the very least, Shaun of the Dead. People love that movie. Uh, I certainly love that movie. Simon Pegg, funny guy. Uh, uh-huh. You know, not obsessed, but he's a funny guy. I really like 24-hour party people. I mean, we all know you're a huge... Uh, Simon Pegg is not in 24-hour party people. Yes, he is. He plays Paul Morley. Well, if he's in it, he's in it for like four seconds. He plays... Uh, excuse me, no. He plays Mick Middles, author, then Sounds Magazine writer, apparently. Oh, right. Yeah, he's like at the very, very uh, end of the film. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. Right again. <laughs> You're always right. <laughs> I was going to say. But I really like that movie. That's a really good movie. Of course you like. Yeah, 24 Hour Party People is great. I adore That's that great. film. Um, yeah. And it is one of those movies. Like, I've seen that movie probably like five or six times. And yeah. every single time it comes up, like, there's always like, oh, yeah, and he's in it, you know? Right, right, right. Yeah, for sure. Um, and it's. Steve Coogan, who's also in Coffee and Cigarettes, another movie that I really like from that that era. Also in Hot Fuzz. Uh, also in Hot Fuzz, I see that. You know, I'm now. I'm a huge, huge Steve Coogan fan. I know that about you. Yeah. You're like a massive fan of. Yeah, the I've got like a 12 disc DVD box set. Of <laughs> yeah, like all the, his of TV the... shows. Like I'm yeah. a huge Steve Coogan fan. <laughs> you, you are. <laughs> do people call him the Coog? Or did I make that up? I don't think so. Yeah, they should. The Coog. Do you know he's got a, a movie coming out with John C. Riley where they play Laurel and Hardy? Uh, wow, man, John C. Riley's world. He he was also apparently in that Holmes and Watson one, which I heard was better than it might have been. It's it's one of the worst reviewed films to come out in a long time. Yeah, is it okay? It's like a zero uh, percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Eight uh, percent. Oh, pardon me. Yeah, that's better than the season of the witch. I think. The Nicolas Cage movie? One. Yeah. That's like famously one of the worst movies ever. I thought it, I think it was 4%. Oof. That's pretty rough. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm a big fan of uh, of Sherlock Holmes things, mm-hmm. uh, which makes me think I probably shouldn't watch that one. But I'll definitely watch uh, it, just not in a theater. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Do you ever, when like there's a, like Rotten Tomatoes or, or Metacritic, when something is extremely uh, uh, lopsided like that, it's like in the, the mid-90s or below 10%, do you ever mm. just go through and read like the, the counter examples like that? That 8% of like positive reviews. Like I love like going through that and seeing like who liked this movie and I what do they have that, to say yeah. about it? I have done that. Is there a way on, so Season of the Witch has gotten up to 10% now. Oof. And I want to know how is there a way for me to see the least popular stuff on Rotten Tomatoes because you can see the most popular. I don't know. I, I I'm not a f- that uh, frequent a user of Rotten Tomatoes. No, nor am I. But now I'm just curious. Like, what is the worst? I guess I could just do that. What's the worst? Like, someone's More gotta be great that, podcasting. Right? This is what everyone has missed. Oh, there's a Wikipedia article called List of Films with a 0% Rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay, let's hit me with some. I, I wonder if I've seen any of them. I've seen at least one of them. Uh, Staying Alive, the sequel to Saturday Night Fever. Never watched uh, it. Police Academy 4, Citizens on Patrol, which Definitely I loved. Saw it. Doesn't deserve a 0%. Loved. Does not deserve a 0%. Jaws, The Revenge, uh, Mac and Me. Seen uh, that, yeah. Highlander 2, The Quickening. Seen that? Wow, I've seen a lot of these. Return to the Blue Lagoon. Look who's talking now. Seen it. Um, uh, it's, it starts to go down from there. I haven't seen any of these other ones since then. 
Cool. Okay. But in the in the 80s and 90s, there were a bunch that we'd both seen. And liked at the time. And liked at the time. And I swear, I bet if I watched Police Academy 4 now, I would still like it. Apparently, children will watch anything. Four is that's the one with like Bobcat Goldthwait. Yes, that that's David the one Spade where the citizen, it. citizens on patrol. Yeah, Bobcat Goldthwait. I mean, how are you hating? Have you ever watched any of the that? films he's directed? Uh, no, but I bet they're real weird. Oh man, he made a movie starring Robin Williams called uh, "World's Greatest Dad," which I think is just uh, amazing. It's really, really good. What has he? Hold on. He directed Shakes the Clown. Yep. I remember. I remember hearing about that. He directed Sleeping Dogs Lie, World's Greatest Dad. I've never seen any of these. I've heard of World's Greatest Dad, but I've never seen it. But yeah, I mean Bobcat Goldthwait. He's a legend, no? Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. I just watched yeah. uh, his uh, episode of Larry Sanders Show recently. Oh, you know that he like Very dated funny. for he dated Nikki Cox for like a really long time. I don't think I know who Nikki Cox is. Uh, she is a very attractive actress who was the attractive act, uh, lady on, uh, oh God, what show was it? She was like on, uh, uh the, 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 you know, are you was, thinking of Courtney Cox? No, 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 no. She was on Nikki. She was on Nikki and she was also on the Norm show. Okay. Uh, I'm sure you saw the Norm show. Uh, I, I didn't really watch it, but I know what it is. And she was on a lot of other stuff, but she was just like, you never saw the show Nikki? She was just, it was no. a show, it was like a, she was on Unhappily Ever After. Never watched uh, Anyway, it. she was just like a, a chick on like a, she was like, a, she was like a, a, a like chick. a. Chick. No, no, that was the genre. man. I, no, no, I'm not calling her a chick. I'm saying that she was like in the, that, that was the idea that was she, anyway, you never saw the show. She was just a very pretty lady who was in a bunch of stuff in the 90s. You're talking about uh, her like she's no longer with us. It's something uh, terrible No, she's definitely with us. She just, I don't think she's doing anything in anything she's um oh she's also married to jay moore typical uh, misogynistic hollywood she's probably she hasn't done 40s. anything since 2009 she's in her 40s probably can't get any work meanwhile tom cruise is like a yeah that is septicentennial making these mission it, impossible absolutely films. bullshit we both agree whoa yeah. that's not swear on this podcast that's not swearing I don't know. We're gonna have to talk to uh, we're gonna have to talk to the network execs and see what All they right, have well, to you, say about that. You decide whether you want to uh, edit that out. That's you. You know, I, for everyone out there who doesn't know this, Herb has the final edit on this show, so I don't control what you hear. I don't know if we've crossed the sugar honey iced tea line before. Um, we'll have to think about that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so uh, yeah, yeah, Nikki Cox. Wow, someone I haven't thought about in a long time. Uh, and thanks, yes, Hollywood higher, older, higher. I just older. have a, I just had a window into how boring this podcast must be for other people because I didn't know who you were talking about, and I was like, wow, I'm so bored. <laughs> so, <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> I'll just cut that whole part out. You know, it's not good for anyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, <sighs> speaking of movies that are good, I finally yeah. saw. Uh, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Have you seen oh, it yet? Oh yeah. No, I played uh the entire Spider-Man video game though over the break. On PlayStation? Yeah. D- did you trade your Xbox for a PlayStation? No. Was it good? Uh yeah, it was really good. Ugh, I need to get it. Yeah, no, it's really really good. And I played the whole game and one of the DLCs. Well. It was on sale. It was like a crazy good sale. Uh if I'd known you were uh interested, I would have told you it was like maybe it's still going on, but it was like, you know, I don't know, $90 worth of games for like 40 bucks or something. I think I saw that, but uh, yeah. I still don't it's have a PlayStation. Deal. So, um, uh, There's one in your house, though, no? 
Yeah, I'd have to. Uh, I'd have to. You have to talk with your better half. <laughs> Shut up. Um, <laughs> but I don't. I don't want to allow you to do this thing that you do, where you take everything that I say as uh, you find some small kernel that you can use to turn it around and just talk about yourself. We must. <laughs> oh, the, the movie. This is we what must you're saying. Talk about this. Film. Is that I, I was distracting you from talking about Spider-Man into the Spider? No, you were distracting yourself. <laughs> And and how uh, how was it? People it's love it. Amazing! It's yeah, you know, pun intended. It's it is easily the best Spider-Man movie, and I love Spider-Man, and I, yeah. I love a lot yeah. of those movies. But this you is love the Spider-Man best Homecoming. one, bar none. Uh, it is. It's so clever. It's so funny. It's moving. It's visually just incredible. I I, I just loved everything about it. Uh, I I cannot recommend it enough. I I only want to talk about it in the the broadest strokes because I think the less you know going into it, the better. But uh, especially for someone like you who who knows and appreciates comics, I think I think you would really get a lot out of this. And I highly highly encourage you to go see it in a theater because you know I mean I'm a fan of their Twenty One Jump Street, which the same people made. Yeah, so uh, I uh, like not, their style. It's not exactly the same creative team, but yeah, there's. there's what do you mean? Over. I thought it was the. It's only one of the Lord, Lord and. Oh, Lord and Miller. Yeah, but they're they're yeah. they contributed, but the director is different, which makes sense because this is an animated. animated oh, okay. Feature Phil Lord I, wrote the screenplay based on a story of his. I see. With someone else. Well, with someone else, yeah. Yeah. But the story credit is just Phil Lord. Yeah. My point is just that I like that sense of humor. It is it's it is it. quite funny, but it's not not in the way that a lot of these Marvel movies are, where you almost feel like you're watching like a Saturday Night Live sketch of a superhero movie, where just everything leads to a joke. Like it's the the There's humor pathos. Is, is all works in context, and there is a lot of pathos, and it really yeah. really works. Great, yeah. No, I, I'm I'm planning on seeing it. I uh, I only saw one film uh, during the break, and it was it was trash. Uh, and that was Mary Poppins Returns. Why did you watch that? Uh, Dare I really wanted to see it. I love the original Mary Poppins, and mm-hmm. uh, I actually didn't really want to go see the new one, but but she really wanted to, and I was like, you know, it was a nice thing to do. Um, and I, you I was know, talking about this happen. the other day. Uh, I, I I can't remember like a major Hollywood release that I've been less interested in seeing than Mary Poppins Returns. Man, people, but the thing is, it got really good. So you know, she wanted to see it, and I was kind of on the fence, and then people were like really liking it, and they were like. You know, oh my God, it's so great! They really do justice to the, uh, you know, the, the the history and the first movie. They don't take anything away from it, which I do agree. They don't take anything away from it. Is it based on trash. like the next book? No, I, I don't think it's based on anything. Because uh, you know, there's like a bunch real. of Mary Poppins books. Uh, I think I did at some point know that, but I don't believe that Mary Poppins Returns is based. I, I would be somewhat uh, shocked. Did Did you not see Saving Mr. Banks? Uh, I did not see Saving Mr. Banks. It's not. It's not terrible. Uh, it's it's not great, but it is interesting because it's about the relationship between Walt Disney and the woman who wrote uh, Mary Poppins, whose name I can't remember. But uh, she, at least as portrayed in the film, was a very difficult woman um, who hated uh, the original film so much. Yeah, that she I have never, heard that. Yeah. yeah, she basically said, "You can't make any more of these." So there, it was this like, you know, huge success and probably the the last. Uh, classic Disney film produced in in his lifetime, you know, a, a huge, huge success for him, and they could never uh, 
make another one until now. But yeah, so the, no, it has nothing to do with any of the books because the books apparently uh, are all continuing while the um, kids are still kids. And oh, so to... in this one, are the kids like adults? Yeah, so this the movie takes place uh, like like twenty five years after the original film. Okay, it's in nineteen thirties London instead of uh, instead of nineteen teens London. That's weird because they just had that Christopher Robin movie come out. Yeah, and that's yeah. like a very similar uh, premise. But please, please continue. It's I'm it's sorry, just I just hurt you. I just keep talking over you. <laughs> it's it's. <laughs> It's uh, it's just really bad. It's um, I I really feel like uh, the people who made it didn't have any sense of what was great about the original film. Um, uh-huh. And it's it's, it's Wait, especially... is she is she like immortal? Because like Mary Poppins is in it, right? Right. Yeah. So so this is my actually my main cons- my main problem with the film. I I guess I have sort of two or three really big problems with it. And the first one uh-huh. is that they turned Mary Poppins into a superhero, which is like kind of obvious that they would do that in 2018 but i mean oh she is God. fantastical right there are fantastical aspects of her in the original movie but they're not always her necessarily and they're not really ever addressed right yeah like she never she kind of always just plays it off and it like never really gets you can't really pin, pin anything down on her it's one of the part of the charm of it is that she's doing these kind of fantastical things but then you, she never gets kind of caught in the act you know what i mean yeah uh whereas in the new movie it's she's basically just a superhero who solves all of the problems with magic which is, so it goes from having sort of the logic of a child story where that kind of whimsy doesn't really need to be explained. You right. sort of accept it and enjoy it into something where it's a little bit more uh, processable by an adult. Like, yeah, where oh, she's well, just she's... literally doing magic and the theory is that kids know about that and adults forget about it after they know about it. Which is like a fine Very, idea, uh, I guess. It's like but... Hook. Yeah, it's a little bit like Hook, yeah. And the second big problem I have with it is that the songs are just completely not memorable. Uh-huh. Which is, I mean, I love the first. Uh, I still listen to the soundtrack to Mary Poppins like regularly. Like, cool. I, I mean, you know, you're, you are on record right now. We are recording. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I mean, I'm not. You know, like a couple times a year, I'll put it on and I, I enjoy it. Uh, and it, 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 there's nothing to the songs in this movie. And then the the third thing is that they do all these weird modern. Like, it it doesn't. It's not accurate to what 1936 was like. Like in really pointless ways. Like. Uh-huh. Lin Manuel Miranda plays the sort of uh, Dick Van Dyke type character, but he's not the same character. No, he's not the same guy. He's a, a like a everyone else has aged except for Mary Poppins, uh-huh. uh, and so he's like because a, she's a superhero, right? So an immortal being who, for some reason, is obsessed with one family in England, uh, and she Lin Manuel Miranda plays uh, instead of being a, a chimney sweep, he's now a lamplighter. It's sort of like Jesus in the royal family. Sure. Uh, and then uh, uh, Lin Manuel Miranda, he is like this lamplighter, and he's got all these friends, and they all have BMX bikes that they're doing like tricks on. And at one point, he's like rapping. Hmm. It's like it's 1936. What, what, what are you doing? And then somehow Emily Blunt, who is an English actor who I like, is does like a bad English accent in the movie. I have to say, anachronistic, anachronistic music, anachronistic. Sorry, anachronistic music. <laughs> It took me a while, but I got there. Um, you did. You know, you really did. In a uh, in a period musical, doesn't necessarily bother me. Like, yeah, but BMX bike tricks. Eh. I mean, they're musicals, right? 
Yeah, I guess that's true. It's just I don't. It's too I over mean, the art, top. By your and... logic, Jesus Christ Superstar should just be a bunch of people. Oh singing, man, like, I love Jesus Christ Superstar. Uh, also, like there's it's there's kind of like a it's kind of a scary movie. Like there's it, there's definitely like a sinister kind of plot, which also just feels really Who's out of place for Mary Poppins. The bad guy is the um, uh, the nephew of the bank manager from the younger bank manager from the first movie, uh-huh. who is now running the bank and is trying to, for some reason, steal the bank's family home. Oh, this is all from like the Star Wars uh, book of sequels and prequels. Where yeah, yeah, they do. Everything has, has to, to be, be yes, yeah. Everyone's related to the first movie. Everything has to be redone. Every plot point has to be hit, except now it's three times as much, right? So instead of ugh. one fantastical jump into another world, there's three. Instead of one, you know, it's just like, oh, God, it was so, so terrible. And it it is, I mean, very doing very, very well. And a lot of people love it. I mean, um, people I know have given it five stars on, on Letterboxd, and, and uh, I hate it. <laughs> and I so like you, like you hated this movie. Uh, I would say I I really didn't like it. I don't. I, I almost we almost left in the middle. Wow! Like we were really thinking of leaving, and then I just I what I did was I, I had to go to the bathroom. Chim- chimney screwed. <laughs> I had to go to the bathroom, so I just read the rest of the plot of the movie to see in the bathroom. Yeah, I did. Yes. I was like, I just need to know how dumb this is going to be, so I can like sit through the rest of it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here first. If you're Trying to decide between seeing Into the Spider Verse, yeah, see or, Into the Spider Verse. Yeah, all right. Yeah. I just I want to implore you one more time. I know that you don't go to the theater. All oh, the you time. think it's a theater movie? I I I think it is essential that you see that movie in the theater. Wow. All right. Well, I kid you not. Please, please, please go. I mean, I try. We were. It was the other movie we would have gone to see that day. Uh, but well, yeah, we'll we'll go check it out. I'm I'm very excited to see it. Uh, uh you know, I love Spider Man. And uh, I've heard it's great, and you're like the inteenth person I know whose opinion I, I, you know, don't think is as dumb as the Mary Poppins lovers. <laughs> no, I mean if you like that movie, that's fine. Actually, I would love to talk to someone who did love it because I would like to know what in the heck different movie we were watching. <laughs> like, because oh god, I did not like it. I, I hate is maybe too strong, but it's one step above. Hmm. Well, you're yeah. you're not one really that's going to suspend yourself suspend your disbelief and give in to whimsy that is so not true i love whimsy oh really yeah what was the movie that we watched oh it was major league remember when you were nitpicking that one no i love major league remember <laughs> do you i do i'm not talking about <laughs> your ironic <laughs> hipster love <laughs> <laughs> you, this is such a weird collection of moods between you and me tonight <laughs> it's, been a couple, it's been a weird couple weeks yeah uh, you yeah i'm sorry spe- about you know your weeks it's okay. Um, yeah. uh, speaking of recent history, what did you do for New Year's Eve? Uh, actually, I watched a movie. Um, you said you saw one movie in the last week, and now you've ex- you're exposing yourself as a oh no no no! Liar. I watched many movies in the last week. I went to see one movie. Oh, you only saw break. one in the theater. Yeah, I'm yeah, yeah, sorry, totally. I called you a bold faced liar. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, so. Uh, uh, it was a tradition when I was a kid that we, on New Year's Eve we would uh, everyone in my family Rent, would go yeah. to like a video store and everyone would pick one movie and we'd watch all of them. And uh, uh, l- last year we ended up doing that um, 
because plans fell through and, th- and it was really nice. And so this year, all the things that we were thinking about doing were all in the city. And it's like trying to get to the city on New Year's Eve and get out is like such a nightmare. Yeah, that's and, a, uh, it's a complete no-go. <laughs> yeah, it's like you're going to spend t- every minute of every hour doing that. So we just... Um, uh, we stayed in and watched a movie, but it was kind of an, an odd choice of the movie that we watched. Um, you might have, you've probably seen it. It's uh, All That Jazz from 1979. No, I have not seen it. It's a Bob Fosse movie. It's like a big, uh, kind of an interesting, it's, I, I, mean, I, I know it. what it is. Oh, okay, cool. Well, anyway, I had never was seen it. Was it your first time seeing it? Yeah. Did you like it? I liked it. Yeah. I, I didn't love it. It's uh it's a weird thing to watch a movie where a, a guy made a, I mean, the, the guy who made it, Bob Fosse, famous um uh, choreographer and, and movie director he made a movie about himself and how awful he was cast his actual ex-wife and and then gr- and current girlfriend in the two roles they would play in the movie like mm-hmm. as his ex-wife and current girlfriend he was cheating on and like made the entire movie about how awful he was and then predicted his own death uh which and predicted it actually quite correctly wow. so very weird uh in that way but i enjoyed it yeah yeah it was good how did your opinion of it line up with your friends on letterbox because apparently that's interesting <laughs> <laughs> i'm not gonna answer that question <laughs> so do you think i should watch it would i like it uh yeah i think you'd probably like it is, you is like it Roy a Schneider? musical uh it's not really there i mean there are musical numbers because because he's like choreography doing choreography for like a show it's but there's not like it's not musical dogma musical like the movie dogma no like the film movement dogma oh oh okay yeah yeah uh oh wow deep cut there um yeah i i think it 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 it's sort of a commentary on musicals in some ways it's i think yeah i think you would like it there's some uh cool parts to it it's it's uh i would and i'd be interested to talk to you about it so yeah you should watch it okay is there any nudity Yes. Cool, I'm in. All right. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> we all know how you roll. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm trying to think if there's any other non-basketball stuff we need to talk about. Oh, I on New Year's Eve, I uh, went and saw a concert. It was very nice. Who did you see? I saw a band called Hot Snakes. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, I've heard of them. Yeah, they're, uh, I think, I want to say from San Diego or, or somewhere down south. Um, it was really good. It was a little weird because it was an 18-plus show. Oh, and, interesting. Uh, I'm a 1,000 years old. Yeah, and, you are, yeah. yeah so I, I felt extremely old. Um, but Oh, show, that's right. It's the dude from, it's like the dude from Drive Like Jehu and the yes. dude from Rocket from the Crypt. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah. one of those I've things heard, where he's yeah. got like a, a handful of bands. It's like that whole Spaceman 3 I love Drive Like Jehu back in the day. You know, I went because a friend of ours, someone you know very well, uh, is a huge fan who of We are band. not going to name on the show for some reason. What's that? Who, you're not going to name who it is? Well, I mean, this is a very private person. Maybe. Oh, okay. You, you know. uh, you tell me that. <laughs> maybe he's so private, he doesn't want, he want me to tell you later. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> He uh he's a huge huge fan. Um he actually tried to get me to go see them with him a few months ago and I didn't for whatever reason. He said, "Oh boy, you really screwed up. You piece of sugar honey iced tea." <laughs> 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 and uh, everyone out there, I just want to say we're sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I apologize now for this episode. 
Yeah, we should. We're, we'll 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 dial it back in the next one. Um. Uh. But yeah, he he uh, said the last show was great, and then they were coming around for New Year's, and he really wanted to go, and I said, yeah, why not? And are you glad you went? Was he right? Was this unnamed private individual correct? Yes, this unnamed private individual uh, was right in his assessment that it was the kind of band that I would very much enjoy because I very much enjoyed it, despite the fact that I did feel a little self-conscious being around so many children. Um, Let me ask you this. How do you feel about going to shows when you don't know any of the songs of the band? Oh, it doesn't bother me if the music's good. Okay. I've I've seen plenty of shows like that, yeah. Yeah, it's certainly a different experience, but I agree. Otherwise... You know, to to have the attitude that you'd only go to see music that you're completely familiar with, it's extremely limited. And I've I've had, you know, I mean I mean to go further with that idea, I've had some fantastic live experiences where I kind of went into it blind and uh uh found myself really, really enjoying it, you know. As a younger person I definitely went to a lot of concerts that I did not know anything or I would go see opening bands or things mm-hmm. like that and it was a great way to find new music. Mm-hmm. Uh at this point and I'm also 105 years old, uh <laughs> I t- I don't tend to do that. But um I mean it I takes should, it takes someone saying to me like hey, please come see this. Yeah, you need or, a personal or, and honestly hey, it takes them doing it really twice like apparently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh you know I'm glad that I have friends that have that attitude. Otherwise, I'd go to a lot of shows by myself. <laughs> That's true. Um, yeah, so it was good New Year's. Uh, I also had a very nice uh, Christmas. Saw my family, uh, my mom and my dad, uh, my little brother. Um, one of my little brothers. The other one was not around for it. Which, and, and oh, okay. We just had a great old time, Arik. A great yeah. old time. Yeah, uh, a grand old time. And it feels weird. It was only a couple of weeks ago, and it feels like it was a thousand years ago. <laughs> I, feel like, <laughs> I feel like I've been in my work routine uh, unrelentingly, despite having been on a, a nice little vacation not too long ago. Oh, One God, thing, I know today was my first day back at work. Really? Wow. And it uh, it felt so weird. <laughs> it's so weird when you've been off for. I was off for like. I guess I was working last week, but just no one was in the office, so mm-hmm. I wasn't going in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I hadn't been there in two weeks. So it was very weird. That is very strange. Yeah. Uh, well, we're back to work. We're back to podding. Everything's back to normal, my friend. Yeah. No rest for the wicked. No, for real. I'm very tired. Uh, I'm going to segue, though, with an anecdote. One thing I did while I was in Massachusetts, is I went to the old TD Garden and saw a basketball game. I know. You sent me a photo. I did. Yeah, it looked great. It looked looked actually really fun. I really want to go. We had such a blast. Uh, It helped that it was uh, just a complete blowout for the Celtics. Um, That always is helpful, yeah. Are you familiar with Geno time? Uh, No. So... When the Celtics are blowing out teams uh, at the end of a game, when there's like three to two minutes left, um, if they're up by like 15 to 20 points or more, um, they'll play this uh, clip. From yeah, I'm them. looking at it now. Yeah, it's from this show. For our listeners who don't know, there's a sh- an old show from I think the 70s called American Bandstand. And basically all the show was was they'd play like pop hits and people would dance. 
and you'd sit and watch it. And a little bit like MTV's Spring Break minus swimsuits. Or MTV's The Grind. There's the Grind su- from Spring Break, excuse me. Yeah. There's surprising a surprising number of shows that had the same premise. It's a crazy premise. Like I never <laughs> understood why anyone was watching those shows. But... I used to watch The Grind when I was a teenager. But it wasn't because <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't for good it wasn't for the it wasn't because of the dancing, I'll put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um the uh there's this particular clip from American Bandstand where they're uh playing uh You Should Be Dancing by the Beach Boys. Or <laughs> Jesus. Uh, <laughs> oh my god, I can't believe I said that. Beach That's Boys. Incredible. Sorry, Brian. That was incredible. Uh there's <laughs> they're playing You Should Be Dancing by the Bee Gees. And there's this uh, <laughs> someone who, by the standards of the time, is very fashionable, but by uh, it, a modern gaze, looks a little silly. And he's wearing the shirt that says Gino, and they play it during blowouts, and it's called yeah, Gino why? Time. I have no idea. You know, I'm sure if I Boston, looked it up, man. there's probably an explanation town. for the origin, but I'd rather just enjoy it as sort of a phenomenon. Why uh, do the Red Sox play Sweet Caroline? Can I finish my story? My gosh. All right. <laughs> You did the same thing to me when I was telling my story. I don't remember doing that, and yeah. I deny I deny ever having done so. Uh, <laughs> um, the Sweet Caroline thing, I also don't know. I can't tell you. Um, but uh, the uh, I've never seen a live Geno time before until this uh, this past visit. I see. So this was your first in person blowout. Yes. How well, much lo- do they? What at, what in category? Boston Garden. What yeah? What categorized it? What cat, what does something have to have for it to be Geno time? It, I mean, they basically have to be winning by uh, the high end of, of like you know fifteen fifteen to twenty with with a couple minutes left. Like it has right. to be a game that they're not going to lose. Had you has it ever happened that they did Geno time and then they lost? No, because I think I think there is a little bit of like flexibility as far as when they do it, and I think if it's a team that. Like, if they were playing the Warriors and they were up by 15, they wouldn't play the Geno song with three minutes left. You know what I mean? They would wait until it's like 20 seconds the Warriors could still win by 20 points at that point. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Uh, So I think they're pretty good about knowing when it's it's in hand. As as far as I know, it's never happened. Okay. But that doesn't mean it hasn't, because I don't know everything. Uh, By the way, that man apparently is wearing a T-shirt from Gino Vanelli. What's Gino Vanelli? Gino Vanelli is a Canadian pop singer and songwriter who had several hit songs in the 70s and 80s, including I Just Want to Stop and Living Inside Myself. <laughs> wow, I've never heard of that. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, apparently he was one of the first... Uh, European Americans to appear on, oh, I guess Can- European Canadians to appear on Soul Train. That's uh, not really interesting. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's an entire article about this. <laughs> oh man, basketball, Arik. Yeah, isn't let's talk it about amazing? Basketball. The last time we had a podcast, yeah, we talked a little bit about every team. Yeah, and uh, it was a quarter of way through the season. Yeah, now we're almost halfway through. And the fortunes of so many of those teams have changed. It's really quite a fascinating season. We're we're so deep. And, you know, in the West, like, every day the standings are different. It's kind of exciting. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. I forgot what this was like. Me too. I mean, mean, probably it all amounts to nothing, but at the moment it feels very possible. 
It does. It does. And the the kind of like, uh, you know, w- when you still have the future ahead of you in the season, uh, uh, in a lot of ways, that's the most enjoyable part, you know, that, that possibility, you know, the hope. Do you believe the San Antonio Spurs are the sixth seed right now? It's amazing. When yeah. we were talking about them two weeks ago. They were dead and buried. Yeah, we were eulogizing them. Yeah. We, we were literally talking about how the, the dynasty was over, and it's so yeah. sad. And, yeah. well, maybe they can get a good lottery pick. And now they're 8-2 and two in their last 10, and they're comfortably uh, have a playoff spot right now. Yeah, meanwhile, the Mavericks are now the second-worst team in the West. It's I mean, you know, these, these uh, numbers are, other than the Suns and the Cavs, I mean, everybody else is within a, se- a semi-reasonable Maybe in the East, there's a few more teams that are not really. Yeah, in the East, there's, there's everybody below Washington kind of falls off. But in the West, I mean, the the difference between eight seed and literally second to last is four games. It's incredible. Yeah, three in the three games. And the, the difference between the one seed and the thirteen, or sorry, the fourteen seed is nine games. Nine That's not games. A lot. No, that is crazy. That is less than the one seed and the. Or it's the same as the one seed and the six seed in the East. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really I, defies imagination. Boston down to the fifth seed. I mean, it's just everything is topsy-turvy. It really is. Yeah. And it's crazy because, like, also, like, it's not like, uh, you know, people talk about the Western dominance. And certainly there's more good teams in the West. But, you know, Boston is five in the East right now. With, with their record, they would be four in the West. Yeah, 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 no, for sure. I mean, I, I do think the, you know, I, I mean the, uh, the last two playoff teams in the East right now have records under five hundred, but uh, well, like which I said, obviously won't yeah. end that way. But yeah, but I mean, you no, know, there is a lot more. Certainly, the Bucks, the Raptors, the Sixers, the Celtics, the Pacers. I mean, they're all pretty competitive teams. Um, yeah, it's 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 shocking, and I mean, Houston rebounded somewhat as well, although. I mean, Somewhat. They're also I, in tune in their last I know they are, but like yeah. James Harden's not going to score 40 a game the rest of the season. So it feels a little more fool's goldy to me. That's fair. That's fair. If he does, I mean, I guess he'll win back-to-back MVPs. Yeah, I mean... God, I do not like watching him play basketball. <laughs> I know you don't. <laughs> you don't either. I don't really know. But I still can't help but admire, you know... Uh, oh, it's incredibly it, impressive. Yeah. Sitting yeah. back and not watching the games and just like looking at what he's doing just in terms of pure numbers it's like wow this is pretty pretty amazing yeah. um but i too don't like them seeing i don't like the way they play and i think their their playoff uh hopes are almost next to zero but i've been wrong about just <laughs> just about everything so easily <laughs> I, I could be wrong about this one um no you're a you're an nba media personality you're always right i'm just yeah, coming up with all these hot takes, and I'll just come up with more so you forget about the ones that were wrong. Um, yeah, we'll just overwhelm you with takes to the point that you don't you don't really even know anywhere you are anymore. Let's just kind of fly. I, I have only two stories I want to talk about today. Let's do it. But I just want to kind of just jump before we get into them. I just want to jump around and just ask your thoughts on a couple of these teams. Um, Let's do I know that. We've both been busy. <laughs> <laughs> so open. Uh, <laughs> your your kind of adopted team as a as yeah. an NBA orphan is the. Portland Trail Blazers. Uh, how yeah. are you feeling about where they're at right now? It seems like a little bit of a swoon. Uh, they've won two in a row now, but yeah, they've been. I mean, they've really been up and down. I mean, obviously, I didn't think that their 
beginning of the season was going to be sustainable. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are some good uh, signs in the numbers, uh, and they did just smoke the, um, uh, the the Rockets, actually, on a night where I think Harden had another 38 points or something. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I don't think they're... Uh, you know, I don't think they're necessarily going very far. I I, I think they have some. So you're not really necessarily issues. surprised or disappointed to see where they're at. This is kind of more or less what you expected. I kind yeah. I mean, I would say so. I, I expected them. To, I mean, you know, I think I don't. I don't remember anymore. What we predicted in, in our podcast. We really should have made like a like a doc that we could refer back to. But uh, um, I, I think yeah. I think I expected them to be a lower end playoff team or, or even out of the playoffs. Uh, you know, after they were destroyed last year in the playoffs by uh, by New Orleans, um, you know, I, there's you know, I mean, Lillard's just having a crazy season, mm-hmm. um, uh, and actually, so is Nurkic at the moment, um, mm-hmm. and so that's been that's been what what it's been doing. I mean, McCollum's been good, but uh, but Dame's been like you know ridiculous, like you know, I think he's averaging like twenty six points a game, something like that, and uh, and and just like just have just 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 killer you know, doing his damn thing. But he's such a streaky player, you know. If he had gender reassignment surgery, moved to yeah. England, and did something exceptional, he could become Dame Dame Lillard. <laughs> I really, until very late in that weirdness, I didn't know where you were going. <laughs> but I enjoyed it. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but, yeah, so that's that's... That sounds about right. But I do like the idea that I'm the one who's off topic. <laughs> <laughs> that was a quick aside. It was nice. I enjoyed it. That wasn't you being like, ooh, one time I went to a movie theater and I asked for butter on my popcorn and they didn't give it to me. And then yeah. here's 3,000 other tangents to that thing that nobody cares about. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sorry. Um, you did mention Dallas, uh, who now is second to last. That's kind of disappointing. They were yeah. an uplifting story, but again, who knows? Like they're they're not that far away from potentially doing a playoff spot. Um, All right, right now everything's open. I'm going to circle back around to the West in a second. Let's see, East. I, Milwaukee continues to impress. I, I think you know once uh, Harden does kind of start to come back down to earth a little bit, which he probably will. I mean, if they know what's good for him, like, like if you're Mike D'Antoni, you're better off with the Rockets somewhere in the middle of the pack and having arrested James Harden than just doing the same thing they always do and having him just completely gas for the playoffs. But we'll see what they do. Um, so anyway, assuming James Harden does come back down to earth, uh, Mr. Giannis Antetokounmpo, I think, is uh, obviously the runaway favorite for MVP this year the way that man has been playing and the way that team has been doing um very impressed with the milwaukee bucks because they're not really that deep but they're good um are you still there yeah okay um what else uh the philadelphia stuff uh really interesting um i didn't highlight that as one of the stories uh to talk about this week but uh man i guess let's just talk about it for a second have you, have you been following the stuff with uh uh that they're saying about Jimmy Butler having the contentious relationship with Jeff Brown. Uh, yeah, Brett Brown. Brent, Brent Brown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. What's your Although, take on all that? I mean, he says, he Brett Brown is saying all the right things. Yeah. This is just, you know, and, and you know, with this stuff, it's so hard to tell. 
because the the real things look exactly like the not real things a lot of yeah. the time. I so gotta say, I, don't I, I do not take Brett Brown's words at value. I mean, I I respect him for saying it, and I think it's what you have to say in that situation. But I, based on Jimmy Butler's history, think that's the thing. We have no way of knowing it's true, but it's it, the problem. When I think about stories like these, is that it's it's less relevant whether it's true or not at the moment, and more relevant that we would all believe it was true. Mm-hmm. because this is the reputation that Jimmy Butler has. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's deserved or not, because I don't know Jimmy Butler. But it, it, you know, if this story was about, um, you know, Gordon Hayward or, or, uh, or um, Steph Curry or, I don't know, some player that we don't have that, that kind of, you know, some player who just doesn't seem like that kind of player to the, you know, Karis LeVert, I don't know, somebody who just doesn't seem to have any history of contention, mm-hmm. um, we would all be like, that seems weird. But, you know, but with Jimmy Butler, it's like, oh, Jimmy Butler doing the you know same thing he did in Chicago and Minnesota already, right? And I don't know, you know, I have no idea. And and maybe it's a good thing, and maybe it's not. But I don't think it's a good thing for Jimmy Butler that everyone is probably very willing to be like, yeah, that that seems plausible. He's definitely got a little bit of a reputation problem. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He just has a rep issue, which is unfortunate for him. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if it's true. I will say that. Ramona Shelburne and Adrian Rojnarowski are both pretty reliable sources. Yes. They generally don't uh, report on speculation. There's uh, usually something, just a little fire behind that smoke with those two. Yeah. Um, and apparently they even have some league sources for it. So, you know, but I mean, I think that, yeah, it's always, I mean, I, I think the Sixers thing is a gamble you take, but I think it's always been a gamble. Well, we, we talked about it uh, a couple of weeks ago when they first made the trade. I thought it was a really weird uh, move by Philadelphia. I personally don't think I would have done it, and I think uh, this is why. Um, it seems to me, I don't know, maybe it is just a lot of fuss over nothing and it'll be fine. They are, you know, they're they're still playing well. They've playing won three well. in a row, yeah. seven and three in their last ten, you know. Yeah. Um, getting better. Getting better. But uh, let's hope uh, let's hope the wheels don't come off, unless you're me and you're in the same division as them, <laughs> and then you do want the wheels to come off. <laughs> yeah, you're like best trade ever. <laughs> um, nothing really else I think to talk about in the East. Uh, so why don't we circle back to the West? I want to talk a little bit about the Lakers, but before we just sort of talk about them generally, I'm just curious. We don't, we don't have to turn this into a whole thing, but I'm sure you saw. It was like the day after our last podcast, so this is really old news. Um, but LeBron jo- James, uh, I LeBron believe the first Jones. time. <laughs> LeJohn Brains. Uh, <laughs> I didn't make that up. That's from The Office. I like it. I'm not taking credit for that. Um, I appreciate the not taking credit. I, I don't like to take credit for other people's jokes. Um, the... Uh, uh, he, LeJohn Brames, yeah, LeBron James, uh, explicitly referred to himself as the goat. Yeah, I saw that. Man, he is so bad at that. So yeah, so <laughs> we obviously we don't have to have the whole conversation. Is he the goat? Um, but what do you what do you, so you're saying? So I, I I guess you're tipping your hand there. So you think it's not smart for him to have said that. Whether, I don't whether think or so. not it's true. Yeah, I mean, you can think that, and I think it's completely reasonable to think that. And I think I even I'll say this: I even have respect for him for saying it, uh-huh. because it's just 
him being honest about how he feels and uh-huh. he's everyone has the right to and i think oftentimes in 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 our society and in others we look you know it's it's frowned upon to just be like yeah i think i did a great job and there's nothing there shouldn't be anything wrong with that we should be okay with celebrating ourselves i think yeah, it's one thing to be like hey i did a great job it's another thing to feel like i did the best job that anyone's ever done right but i mean the guys in the conversation already with for everyone as one of the top few players so for him to say yeah i think i'm the best ever is the same thing as i mean, I mean believe me michael jordan would say the same thing about himself he's just too media savvy not to do it what, so i think when, that the when thing all is, is said and done and the dust is clear what's the lowest ranking just for you know, for the foreseeable future, because obviously other players will enter the conversation, and recency bias will put uh, put start pushing people from this generation down. But in the next like fifteen to twenty years, what is the lowest that you could see LeBron James being considered? Like after he retires, third, fourth. Okay. I mean, you know, in the top five for sure. Hundred sure. percent top five. No, hundred percent, hundred percent top. Well, you don't think so? No, no, no. I, I agree. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, I, you know, he and he might be number one, and he might be number two, and honestly, there's no, uh, uh, it'll happen in every sport. I think eventually. I think we all thought after Michael Jordan there would never be another conversation about. You know, it's like who is ever going to be better than Wayne Gretzky? That's never going to happen. Who's ever yeah. going to be better than whomever? And the thing is, someone else always Who's ever comes along. Be better than Dan Marino. Yeah, exactly. Someone else always comes along. In that case, it's Aaron Rodgers. But, you know, someone else always comes <laughs> along. So, you know, is no one's ever going to be better than Pete Sampras. Oh, wait, there's this guy named Roger Federer who's, you know, pretty good. At I don't understand that reference. Um, <laughs> do you think if he – let's say, you know, God forbid, I, uh, this is uh, this is dark and I apologize, but let's say what, whatever issue he's going through turns out to be, like, really serious and he never plays again. Yeah. Do you think his legacy is secure? So that like kind of guaranteed top five for the foreseeable future? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I actually agree with him uh, that that what he did that year in Cleveland, where he won the championship against the greatest regular season team of all time, uh, is uh, what sealed the deal in a lot of ways. And just in general, what he did with Cleveland, because you could say, okay, yeah, he went to. Miami, you know, he did really well in Cleveland the first time, took that sorry 2007 team to the finals, uh, you know, had a lot of success in Cleveland before he left. But then, you know, he, he wins all his titles in Miami with Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh in the first, you know, big three of the modern era, or the second, I guess, after the Celtics. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and that kind of, you know, that everyone at the time was like, oh, he's always going to have one less ring than Dwayne Wade, you know what I mean? Like, it's Dwayne Wade's team, all this kind of stuff. And for him to take that team, first of all, the year before, I think, was even more impressive where he took the team that had both Kyrie and Kevin Love injured to the finals. Yeah. And then the year that they won, I mean, they came back from 3-1 against a 74-win team. I mean, you know, and obviously it wasn't just him. But we also see what happened when... I mean, he was arguably the third best player on that team. No, definitely not arguably. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I, I think that that, you know, and Kyrie should get a lot of credit for that, too. Right for hitting one of the biggest shots in NBA history. Yeah, Ky- Kyrie was amazing. I think I think he averaged more points than LeBron, but obviously LeBron does everything. Yeah, um, LeBron was just everywhere, and, and I think that you know. And now you see that 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 Cleveland team that he took last year to the finals brought back basically everyone but him. And almost won a game. 
And all, is, all, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, no, I mean that sounds like a diss, but seriously, that team almost beating the Warriors uh, in Game One, yeah, it's shocking. Yeah, was crazy. Yeah, and the, and the same team basically the next year, and I know they've had injuries and blah blah blah, but the same team the next year is what do they have like eight wins? I mean, you know, they, they're they're the worst team in the league. So you know, they didn't just go from like, oh, uh, we were really great with LeBron, and now we're you know so so clinging to maybe an eighth seed. They literally went from the second best team in basketball to the worst team in basketball minus one player. So it's true. If if any. You know, of the the top four, even you take Steph or KD out of the Warriors, um, that team is probably still going to be considered uh, formidable, and that team would probably still be really, really, really good. The '94 Bulls almost made the finals with just Scottie Pippen. That's true. Yeah, like I'm not, and I'm not trying to take anything away from Michael Jordan, who mm-hmm. is you know one of the also one of the two or three best basketball players of all time. But like what LeBron did, I think was just insane. It's so difficult to do and so impressive, and so you I think, think Michael yeah, I think he's... Jordan's floor is three all time. Uh, I think Michael Jordan's f- in ten to fifteen years. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Because the, I'm just here's what the do thing. you think it is right now? Two, two, right? That's his Behind. floor. His ceiling is one, and his floor is two. Behind who's? No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not one. ranking them. I'm just saying that it's either LeBron or Jordan. Those are the okay. two. And so his ceiling is one, and his floor is two. So is okay, LeBron. Okay. Okay. But the third, I'm just holding because who knows, you know? It's like if if the Warriors ra- rail off ten more straight, or Durant leaves and D- Curry wins four more MVP. I mean, I don't think any of this is going to happen, but it certainly could. Um, you know, if Luka Doncic goes on to be, or or Zion <laughs> Williamson, or you know, DeAndre Aiden, or whoever, Williams. like you know, whoever. I don't, I don't know. I'm just saying, like, we don't know uh, who's coming next, right? But hmm. at some point, someone will. I mean it's just pretty much guaranteed. And also, you know, and, and Larry Larry Bird was very prescient talking about this back in the day. He was like, you know, great players are forgotten and their achievements are diminished. And he's like, he said at the time, it'll happen to me. And it, it definitely has. Yeah, he's we've absolutely forgotten, right, yeah. yeah, we've forgotten how great Larry Bird was. But like, um, and that's Jordan, Jordan is kind of like on another level, isn't he? Like he... Yeah, he he's the because he was the consensus guy. He's it's kind of like was, how no one will ever forget Muhammad Ali, and obviously he did other stuff. You know, he, I he think was, Wayne Gretzky is the is the best parallel comparison because they. I mean, and and Wayne Gretzky, in fact, is is has a stronger argument. I mean, the NHL literally retired Gretzky's jersey for every team, right? So, like, I mean, you in know, terms of just being like super consensus. skilled, but I just mean I just mean like Jordan. Jordan represented so much. Uh, he he just transcended bot basketball so much. Oh, as a famous person, yeah, that yeah. he'll he'll he will not be forgotten in the way that other athletes, even truly exceptional ones, are. Because no, 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 for sure, for sure, so that's iconic. Tr- and for that, sure, that's, that's what that's, I, true. that's that's what the Ali comparison was. No, no, for sure, that's true. Uh, he's also the first billionaire player. I mean, you know, he's a lot of things to recommend him, right? Yeah. Um, but I think that uh, that. Um, he his NBA career in terms of like you know all of that stuff is has diminished over time. I mean, mm. we still think he's the best ever, but it, it it it's not the overwhelming consensus. There's an argument now. Yeah, the fact that there's an argument is is pretty telling. You're right. Um, I, so. I gotta say, I'm gonna blow your mind. I'm okay with LeBron saying that he's the goat because I respect confidence. 
Yeah, that's and, what I'm saying. He's just yeah. he's just telling the truth. He's just being being honest. He's he's telling his truth. Right, right, right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, you know, I did just kind of want to talk about the Lakers a little bit in this context because uh, uh, you know, w- without LeBron, they've struggled a little bit. Um, and uh, it's kind of a bummer because uh, it was sort of fun now that he's not in the Eastern Conference anymore to to see him kind of. You know, the first month or so that the Lakers were playing, uh, uh, they didn't look that great. And everyone thought, well, this isn't going to work. And then all of a sudden, it just kind of turned to that that thing that LeBron does where he just completely uh, uh, wills uh, wills a team to victory night after night after night. Um, do, do you have any idea when he's supposed to come back? Uh, soon. I, I hope it's sooner than later because uh uh <laughs> it's it's sort of fun. <laughs> I don't I don't like LeBron but uh but this No, uh, but basketball's better with him in it. Yeah, and especially his you know, there there are these kind of unequivocally like great contending teams in the West, like, you know, obviously Golden State is number one, and then you've got these other teams like Oklahoma City and Houston that people are like, oh, yeah, they're right there. They're really good. And, oh, look at Denver. They're on top of the whole conference, and this is a surprise, and maybe they're at the next level. And the same thing with the Clippers. And the Lakers are always kind of like this, like, uh, no one really knows what to make of them, you know. And it's like every week they seem to become a little bit more formidable and formidable. And, and it's just kind of like it's a fun dynamic in that conference, and I look forward to its return. Agreed. Um, there's one other story that we need to talk about, and gosh, dang it! Like I really thought we were gonna have so much time to talk about this, and now we've only almost been talking for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just every every time this is what happens. Obviously, um, the big story of the week is the Minnesota Timberwolves fired uh, Tom Thibodeau. Fired Mister Tom Thibodeau. Our, why don't you tell uh, people what you think a little bit? Because I'm going to go grab my phone because our correspondent from Minnesota sent us some quotes that I want to hey, share. Hey, nice. I'll All be right, right Well, back. I'm glad I'm talking to nobody as I talk. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm talking to everybody out there. Hey, everybody. Uh, while I, you know, divert your attention for Herb, I will say that I think that it's not exactly a shock, of course, that they uh, let Mr. Back. Thibodeau go. But um, the timing was sort of interesting because he was let go after a 20-point victory. Uh, and uh, that really shows that they did not give any concern to what the perception or they were not at all worried about the, what the perception of letting him go was going to be. Yeah. Because, you know, <laughs> clearly we're not, you know, worried about it. Um, I I can't believe that they're talking about making Fred Hoiberg the next coach slash what are they and or GM. Thinking? I mean, they're just like, who do we get from the past of our franchise? Hoiberg, right? like, who had a failed miserably mediocre run with in exactly the, the same market. They just hired their last coach from. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> here, it's here, just uh, so incredible. People might remember a few months ago. Now, I think we had a really good friend of ours uh, on the podcast. Who's from Minnesota. Um, and he he uh, shared some quotes that he found uh, that I just have to read on the pod because, man, 
So this is a Glenn Taylor uh, who named Ryan Saunders, Flip Saunders' son. I'm, I'm sure you mentioned that while I was digging up my phone as the interim head coach. Ryan Saunders, who's significantly younger old. than you or, you or I. Um, yeah, younger than the youngest coach in the NBA. Yeah, uh, we've gone halfway through the season, and I don't think we're where we thought we would be or where we think we should be," said Taylor, who also owns the Star Tribune. <laughs> <laughs> We still have hopes. Oh, that's right. He's the owner, right? Not the GM. Sorry. Uh, we still have hopes to get into the playoffs, and I think with half the season left, let's see if this change will make a difference. That is just not the way basketball works. If you're a fan of this team, I feel so bad for you. Just like inserting a coach, it's not like changing the type of gas you use in your car or uh, it's just, oh my gosh. Um he also said this. Uh, sorry, let me just finish these quotes because these are amazing. Um, I'm just looking at the results, Taylor said. The results are that I don't think we should have lost against Phoenix or Detroit or, or New Orleans or Atlanta. Maybe one of those games. We lost against a bunch of teams we're better than. I've overseen one of the most disappointing franchises in NBA history, but losing a couple games in December really pushed me over the edge. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Like... There's there's nothing there's nothing scarier as a sports fan than having uh, ownership or a front office that's extremely short sighted and overreacts, uh, and that's exactly uh, what's happening here. And it's weird because they kind of did what they should have done; they just did it at the worst possible time. Like they should have done this <laughs> last off season, or they should have waited until the spring. And they just did it in the middle of the season, and now this whole sideshow of a season that they've been having, like this isn't good for Carl Anthony Towns. This isn't good for Andrew Wiggins. This isn't this isn't good for anyone. It's so weird. Um, yeah, it's just weird. But that's of, the thing: having a bad, sorry, having bad management. It's nothing yep. you can do. It's terrible. Yeah. Um, there are a couple of other uh, little quick hits because we we don't have time to deep dive on this, and there's been a lot of talk about it so we don't need to deep dive on it i think we both made our feelings pretty clear anyway um but i'm i'm sure you heard this derrick rose quote yeah oh my gosh so <laughs> for <laughs> derrick rose had a, a, a press conference i think this was earlier today uh he said he'll always be thankful that tibbs believed in him and jump-started his career again for everybody that thinks I'm not going to play the same way without Tibbs, kill yourself because I believe in myself. Whoa. He, he's already apologized, and I, <laughs> I feel bad for Derek Rose because, gosh darn it, he just can't get out of his own way. But, yeah. He apologized, not, but he also said— Not a great remark. What did he say? He said, uh, I did not mean to use it literally, and I regret it, so I apologize. He claimed well, that it was like a—, a kind of like a youth slang thing yes he did claim that yeah which yeah i think when i mean i know people say that and but they kind of mean i guess yeah they don't literally mean kill yourself but it's not <laughs> it's not like what's up <laughs> yeah, i mean i mean i have no idea you know my finger is far from the pulse but uh uh kill yourself does seem yeah a little weird uh, anyway, a couple, a couple of interesting things. On the 
Timberwolves Reddit page, um, some uh, dude that follows this team more closely than you or I said, uh, the more I contemplate Tibbs firing and talk to a couple of people, the more convinced I am that this was a business decision, not a basketball decision. Time to work on corporate deals, tickets, etc. for 2019-20. They couldn't sell Tibbs, not after Butler mess. That's pretty interesting. I mean, yeah. We were talking earlier about how, like, kind of like potential and future is uh, uh, something you can hold on to, um, and that's uh, kind of the only thing that they're gaining from this. Like, people that are really were put off by the Thibodeau ever era, they they do have something. Um, <laughs> I remain to look forward to uh, mostly just sort of fascinated and and uh, made sad by the fact that. You know, Tibbs, when he lost his last job, spent like a year traveling around and and was on the Low Post podcast at least once and really seemed like he was being very thoughtful about sort of how he was going about his business and, mm-hmm. and really seemed like he was trying to learn from what had happened to him in Chicago and, and come back, you know, stronger and, and better and uh, then did exactly the same thing when he got back and had almost exactly the same results. Like, it just is kind of depressing in a way. Like, I feel, I feel bad for the guy. I hope that he get some actual growth yeah you know his his uh i feel i'm kind of like of two minds about it because i do feel bad that he lost his job and he obviously has a a tremendous basketball intellect but at the same time he cut a lot of careers short um through his unwillingness to to look at data and science uh, around rest and kind of take care of his players. He, he just ran a lot of people into the ground and um, I, you know, I don't want his career to be over, but also I, I, I kind of think he had a really dangerous attitude. And um, if he comes back in the NBA, it, he, you know, I, I won't be happy unless he is resting players and, and has a, a more modern approach to that. Because literally 29 other teams in the NBA are doing that for a reason, you know? He, he's the only one who's just like, I don't care. My best players are going to play 40 minutes a game because that's the way it is. And then they all burn out when they're way too young, you know? Yeah. Yeah, 100% agreed on that. Like, it, he needs to grow as a coach. Or he will not, you know, I mean, maybe he'll get another chance. I don't know. But he just, it would be nice, you know? You gotta keep. You gotta keep evolving. Yeah, Tom. If you don't evolve, kill yourself. And I mean that <laughs> colloquially. <laughs> yeah, I don't. We don't mean that literally. It's just something the kids are saying. We apologize for using it already. Wow, what a week! <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, it's, it's uh, good to be back. It is good to be back. Um, We'll, yeah, we'll I don't. Is there anything else you want to say about the the Thibodeau thing? No, I'm pretty good. It's you know, it's actually not that late, but it feels very late. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, you've been out for a while, so we need to rest you so that you can pot again next week. We don't want to burn you out now. This is what I'm we saying. You need to learn from the statistics that various podcasts are doing that show that you don't want to pod people into the ground. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> See what we did there, people? (laughs) If you don't see, let us explain it to you excruciatingly slowly. Yeah. Well, just uh, reach out to us, uh, playgroundrules at 
fakeemailaddress.com. <laughs> we'll, uh, you know, we'll talk I it out. Who owns fakeemailaddress.com? <laughs> yeah, if that domain is available, uh, you have uh, probably about three and a half days before we actually get this episode up to claim it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so I think that's pretty much that. I just have to say again, and I will say it. On the pod and off the pod, go see that movie in the theater, Spider-Man. You will love it. Yeah. Thank you for the recommendation. It's it's not a recommendation. It's an order. (laughs) Well, then thank you for the order. You're welcome. Um, Yeah, that all said, people, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, It's good to be back. We're going to try to do weekly now that we're in the new year. Um, We've missed you all. What? We hope you missed us. (laughs) Uh, Scroggs was looking forward <clears throat> to hearing us talk about Thibodeau, and we rushed it in the like last uh, five to ten minutes of the podcast. Sorry, Scruggs. Sorry, bud. But I think I think we made our point. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that's it, right? I think we're good. All right, everybody. Bye.